Hello and welcome to Life at Your Own World podcast. I'm your host, Will Venus, and today is the time for the bonus episode. I was recently in London and I had the pleasure and privilege of an interview with the hair confidant, also known as Emmy. She is a hair replacement specialist based in South Wimbledon. And if you're unaware, there is many different hair pieces and different hair replacements out there. So this episode might be to your advantage. I hope you love this. Do give it a like, follow the pod, and here comes the interview. But before the interview begins, I have to ask for your forgiveness. I fully intended to record the podcast using my mic, but I forgot to take a certain cable with me, so I had to record it on my phone. I've cleaned up the audio as much as I can, and hopefully you like it. Enjoy! Hi, welcome to Life at Your Own World podcast. I'm your host, Will Venus, and today is a really special, special podcast. And I'm joined... By the hair confidant now, Emmy. I don't oh. want you to feel like you're in, you know, under any kind of pressure just because I've travelled over five hundred miles to do this interview. Oh, I don't know. I've been talking about you all day, and <laughs> you've been coming to visit me. So yeah, it's just a little bit not pressure, but you know. No, of course not. We're it is a privilege to have you here. Oh, thank you. It's a privilege to meet you. Um, so what should we talk about? Oh well, probably the most common factor hair. Sure. So. <laughs> If I decide to release this on YouTube, that's great, so you'll see this on the channel. Yeah. But basically, me and Emmy have been working together for... How long? Well, it's got a few years now, yeah. A couple of years, yeah. And... Definitely since COVID. So if you want to introduce yourself, Emmy, to see what you're all about. Um, well, my name's Emmy. I own a hair salon in London called The Hair Confidant. Um, we specialise in hair loss, hair integration systems... And um, yeah, anything hair piece related. Which is handy since I'm a wig maker as well. It is, definitely, yeah. So mm-hmm. the dear listener of your, if you listen to this on YouTube, what happens is Emmy sends her demands. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, Emmy will have some sort of hair loss client. They'll identify, well, you'll identify what they need and send me the hair and yeah, I'll make the hair piece. Yeah, definitely. And it's really interesting because I live about 500 miles away from, where are we? South Wimbledon? South Wimbledon, yeah. South West London, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so it's, it's quite a long, long way. So how long have you been doing hairdressing and things? Um, I've been, well, I'll, I'll go back to the beginning. Um, always a good place I'm, to start. <laughs> it's always a good place to start. <laughs> I've been obsessed with hair additions, so anything... Yes, yeah. it's still gone. Still gone. The screen yeah. has gone off. Oh, <laughs> um, I, yeah, I've been interested in anything hair additions or extensions, anything like that, since I was sixteen years old. So that's which is only a few years ago. Oh, it's only well, yeah. I, if I was being a bit modest, then yeah, about what six, seven years? No, it was twenty-five years ago. So twenty-five years. And I was, ago. I was just saying that to you. It's incredible for me to believe that you are the first to say you are. I mean, unless you've got like a couple of scars behind your ears. Is that I haven't works? got any scars yet, but I'm planning on having some in about five or six years. Brilliant. <laughs> yeah, I'm currently saving for my for my next more well, my first facelift, not not my next one. But um, yeah, just a little bit of Botox and stuff, you know, you've got to do that when you get into your 40s. Yeah, why not? <laughs> but um, yeah, so 25 years ago, I started, so I, I grew up, in my, especially in my teenage years, in southwest London, in Streatham and Brixton, where we're surrounded by hair shops. 
So mm. a lot of them are Afro hair shops. Um, we have none of that in Edinburgh. Oh no, yeah, I grew up with all of that. So, you know, all of my friends had weaves in and um, some form of extension. So it was just normal for me when I was growing up. I, at 16, I started wearing, I mean, I had quite good hair then, but I liked the idea of having a big fluffy bun. So I used to get the, the fake bun pieces. Oh yeah. Then I progressed a little bit later onto um, gluing tracks of hair onto my scalp, like not even onto the hair, onto my scalp. It was awful. Ooh. But I mean, that I, I completely wrecked my hair, but I, I, I'd walk around looking like Pocahontas at about 17, 18 years old. And it was great. Um, and then obviously I had my son when I was 19 and my hair obsession continued. And then in 2005, um, I, I did a, a period with designing course um, and it kind of went from there. I didn't really progress much as career-wise with that. I went more into hairdressing and hair extensions. Um, but my knowledge of hair, extensions and and additions it was from when i was a teenager basically um and then i left the country when i was um probably late 2000s um 2008 i think 2009 i worked over in um, abu dhabi and dubai for a little while and did hair extensions there Lovely. it was really good it was really fun um it was before it got really busy so it was, I mean, it was busy. It was really good for me financially doing that there. It was some of my busiest years work-wise. Um, but, yeah, so I, I kind of, that's, that's where I did hair extensions. Then I moved to Cairo um, with my ex-husband. And um, I started working for a trichologist in Cairo. And that's where my hair loss and interest started coming in. I've never known how to pronounce that word, so it's trichologist. Trichologist. Or so trichologist. Trichologist. I call it trichologist, yeah. But no, that's, someone that specialises in. <clears throat> someone who specialises in hair loss, hair yeah. Loss. So it's, it's, yeah, it's a hair loss doctor. Um, so I started working for a trichologist in Cairo. Um, and he was offering the hair replacement systems. And that's where I originally trained in that. So this is like 2009, something like that, 2010. Um, the, what they call now the mesh systems, the integration systems. Um, and so for someone that doesn't know what that is? It's basically a hair system that's integrated with the, own, the client's own hair and um, then hair's attached to the integration net. There are a few ways of doing it. There's, there's some wrong and right ways of doing it and also at the same time, there sometimes isn't a wrong or right way. It's a bit, as long as you're, you've got the client's best interest at heart and yeah, you're applying it in a safe way and you know, you're respecting your client, then it's, um, they're, they're good systems to have. Um, not everyone's suitable for them. Not everyone wants to wear one. Some people are happier with a wig or a top Who would be suitable for one? Um, someone who's got psoriasis or anything that's gonna, you know, um, prohibit the system from staying on okay. well and, and prohibit the, the client's own scalp from, you know, repairing itself. Um, also with something like psoriasis, if you've got a hair system on, you won't be able to apply your topical treatments underneath the system. Okay. You know, things like that. Um, also someone who's just had chemo or in going through chemo, they're not suitable for one because, you know, we don't know whether the hair's all going to fall out underneath and how that's going to affect um, the integration system holding on. Because, of course, that's attached to their own hair. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's attached to their own hair. There are certain alopecia, um, you know, conditions that make it 
very hard for an integration system to stay on like alopecia areata if they're going through a full shed then it, it can make the system fall off sometimes or alopecia areata is that just a that's, specific area of yeah it's it's, it's it's an autoimmune um alopecia it's one where um the hair falls out in in sometimes perfect patches you know it just goes quite clean off so that sort of hair loss condition if it's actively falling out we can't usually fit a hair system it's not healthy for the client's own hair to to apply something more permanent so in those sort of situations you've kind of got to use your professional knowledge and say no to the client even if mm -hmm. they don't want you to um and then you can offer them if a they're wig. upset with that yeah if they're upset with it then they are i'd rather give my honest opinion um I've, a lot of people that have been to consultations with me will um will um happily say that you know i've not ripped them off and i've said yeah. no and i'd rather about the honesty yeah exactly i'd rather say no to a client sorry i can't help you then you know a year down the line they you know they tell me how unhappy they are and the the system that i've put on is basically torn all the hair out or you know yeah and that's something that you just, definitely don't I want i don't want that yeah i'd rather be pretty honest and keep things very transparent um and help my clients rather than hinder them um, and I give them all of the information, you know, on the pros and cons of having a hair system. Whereas I know a lot of places will just sell them the benefits and not tell them. Yeah, I mean, the people that come to you, do they know quite a lot about what's out there for hair loss sufferers? You want um, to replace a lot of them, their hair? No, 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 a lot of them don't. Yeah, a lot of them come to me with no knowledge. None at um, all. Yeah, no knowledge of, of, of ever wear, worn one before um, or knowing what is out there. Um, I, I mean, I do sell quite a lot of custom-made toppers because I like them. I mean, a lot of the time I talk myself out of um, business because um, I, I I would recognise if someone would be more comfortable with a topper. Mm -hmm. So I might end up talking myself out of an integration client. That's so an integration be, system, is that more expensive than It's more expensive and it's a long, more long-term commitment. So you have to come back every four weeks to have it maintained. So obviously that's, you know, it's it's quite a commitment financially and physically because you need to make sure you're coming to the salon. Um, but I like wearing toppers. I wear one myself. I've got one on now. So have you? yeah, I've got a topper on now. Yeah. So I I prefer toppers because I can take it off. I had no idea. Yeah, I got well. It's I I do. I'm in the business, so you know, when you're in the business, you know how to make the best for yourself, yeah. don't you? <laughs> so I mean, is, is there a special reason why you love helping people with hair loss? I mean. Um, <clears throat> I I'm, I mean, if you're into astrology, I'm a Cancerian. Cancerians okay. are people pleasers. We like, you know, making people happy. We're very motherly and we're very sort of, you know, we just like to, the people that we care about, we like to take that. care of them. That's just... I've never really followed astrology, yeah. so what does it mean if you're oh, a Libra, no. which is me? A Libra? Oh, yeah. well, I'm, I'm dating a Libra at the moment. Oh, are you? <laughs> <laughs> Libras are... They they are actually they like they love being in love. I think Libras do. They love the idea of being in love. They they are quite people pleasing. Yeah. Um. Yeah. That rings a bell. Yeah. I've I've only I've only ever known one Libra, but I have oh, read really? up a lot of. Well, now I know two Libras, but um yeah I've I've read up a bit lately on Libras for that reason. But yeah um yeah I'm quite into astrology. I do. I like Didn't know that. I'm I'm very in tune with with my own sign definitely because I'm a water sign and. 
we're very emotional and you know so when I do get clients in that cry, I'm usually crying with them. Oh. And it's very and if 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 I've got I've got some clients that I've got a really good relationship with and we do talk about our lives and if there's anything going on in my life that makes me upset and I end up crying in front of my clients, they they end up crying They've with got me. Your back. So exactly. We've always got each other's backs when we're upset. <laughs> Which is always good to have just it in, is, in, yeah. In but general. I just I just love my job. I love making people happy. I love the transformation. Yes. Um, yeah, that's that's yes. what that's what does it for me. It's the before and after. Yeah, it's the before and after. It's I mean it is the the it's a long day for me. I mean whether you've made the closure or I've made the closure because we've obviously me and you share the work if it's yeah. you know whatever I'm doing I'm, whatever I've got to do, you know, it's it's whatever I need to do. We've always got like a backlog or something. Um, but then it's after the closure's made, it takes about five or six hours to actually make the hair system on their head. So it's a full day of, of making it on their head. Oh and it's the, it's the process in between. So I've kind of, you know, like you were talking about earlier, the zoning out when you're making. Yeah, one of just the getting into your pieces. creative zone. Exactly. That's what I'm like at work. So I've, I, I literally zone out. So my clients, I'll, I'll still be chatting with them, yeah. but I've got little stages that I go through. So it, like in preparation, um, as I'm making the hairpiece on the head, I've got like, and it helps me move quicker. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. I've got like little stages that I kind of move through. And then it's the end result that's like, wow. Yeah. It's and then amazing. you see the reaction on their face. Exactly. Yeah, the reaction is, is the one. Yeah. Now, can you, just a random thought here about my, uh, my listeners know what my mic works like. Can you remember the first DM that you ever sent me? No, I can't. And I've, I've not, I've not actually looked at what the first DM was oh on Instagram, God. but I can remember what it was. Really? What was it? I can. It was something along the lines of, "Hi, hun. I was wondering if I could send some hair up to you so you can make closures." Oh yes, I do remember something do you? like that. And I think it took us actually a while for me to do it. Yeah, I think that might be because I knew that you worked with someone else that I'm not really fond of, and oh. it took me a while to think. Well, actually, you're your own person. Yeah. Uh, how the other person is, it's not really a reflection, reflection on you. Yeah. But yeah, it's funny how you can remember these things. Yeah, definitely. And yeah. Uh, me and you have had such a great working relationship. I think we since. have. I yeah. think we've had quite a good one, yeah. It's been quite, it has been quite good. And I think it's because we're both not very, we're both quite independent minded. Yes. And we definitely. don't really click into a certain category. Yeah, yeah, we're not into clicks. We do our so own we, thing. We do our own thing, yeah. We don't really watch, care about what other people are doing. We don't really watch anyone else. So. Yeah, so I've always either spoke with you in a direct message or yeah. with video chat. So it's, it's, it's so surreal to meet you in person because I live in Edinburgh, you're based here in Wimbledon. Yeah. Yeah, I decided ages ago to do this thing where I would do things that scare me. Right. And this is one of those things because I've never been to London before. <laughs> uh, so I thought, why not? Because I was seeing the show Mrs. Doubtfire, you were nearby, and I thought, why not? Why and we're not? doing this podcast. Yeah. Step out of your comfort zone. Yeah. What have you done that's completely out there? Oh, God, me. What have I done that's completely out there? Well, probably a lot over the last two years. Yeah, because... I think everyone's been... Reevaluating yeah. things over the last couple of years. Well, my life has changed so much over the last two, two years, I think, because I, I came out of a really long marriage, I lost a lot of weight, and I really found myself spiritually. But I, I think love that. so a lot of a lot of stuff 
I've I've really changed myself over the last two years. Um, so when you say spiritually, but is there like a particular avenue you went down, or did you just sit with um, yourself and think, <clears throat> I, I who think, am I? What do I need? I think sometimes when you need to really find yourself spiritually, I think you've got to be pushed into a certain place yeah. by something or a person. Or Circumstance. Exactly, circumstances. Mine was probably a person that pushed me into that. Okay. And it just made me reevaluate myself. Um, choices that I make, um, everything that's going on in my life, what I prioritise, um, and, you know, kind of not giving... I think with me, my focus for many years was just my work. Mm-hmm. And I didn't, I didn't give myself a life outside of my work. Know what I mean? Yeah, cause like, cause like your work is your work, but yeah. you're also your own person exactly. who has their own needs and wants yeah, exactly. and interests. And I think yeah. that's probably the most craziest thing I've done is actually become myself. That's, that's really. Pretty, yeah, I think that's that's the most craziest thing. Yeah, Everything I mean, that I've done to to what I am now. Yeah, I mean, I find something similar because, like, previous to, you know, pandemic and things, I was the kind of person that just went along with the crowd who. Who I was a version of myself because I want. I thought that's what other people wanted to see of me. Yeah. But when you really think about it, that's not really healthy for me. No. It's just to please other people, and that's not healthy. No. Yeah, it's not. And so, particularly when you grow up in central Edinburgh, where it's not really the hot spot to be overtly gay or queer or whatever, mm-hmm. and then you just think to yourself, "Who is this benefiting?" Because it's not benefiting me. Yeah. So why should I be this person people want to see? Mm. And it's interesting when you make that transition to be in your quote-unquote real self. Yeah. Because, well, I don't know about you, but you lose relationships. Yeah, you do, yeah. And then you realise, well, that really wasn't a genuine, well-rounded relationship, was it? Mm. Yeah, I, I completely agree. It's so philosophical here. <laughs> <laughs> we are, we're very, yeah. It's, it's quite, it's very strange, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> but then I do feel like I know you, but I've known you for ages. So it's, it, it does feel strange that you're here, but... Yeah, it's, um, it's, it's... Yeah, I'll probably sink in when I go back home and I'm like, yeah, I did that. Yeah, yeah, it's one thing off your bucket list. Visit London, come see me. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I don't it's my turn soon, up to Edinburgh. <laughs> oh, I'd love to see you up there, but it's... Be prepared for a culture shock. <laughs> oh, no, I, when I went there once, it was lovely. I've only been there once, but yeah. <laughs> I mean, but we, we've been to like a few parts of London, and I can just tell already that it's so much more... Here's a dog coming. Hello. It's so much more... Like culturally, cult, cult, I say that culture yeah. so diverse with that. Uh, yeah, I think I think I was born in the wrong city. Really? Yeah, <laughs> definitely. People like people just, and I mean, in, in, of course, you got to say that phrase. In my opinion, uh, people in London they just don't give a shit. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas in Edinburgh, people are a bit more, dare I say, conserved. Mm. A bit more. Yeah. I don't know what the word is, a bit more standoffish. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose so. It's, it is, they are, people really don't care down here, but they, it can also make them quite cold. There are, yeah, you know, there is a lot that. of people are, are quite cold down here, but 
is, it is a very... I love London. It's very fast and it's very loud. It's very fast, yeah. Uh, the tube, because I went on the tube for the first time this week in my whole life, and... <laughs> it felt like going on a roller coaster because compared to Edinburgh, it's fast. Mm. It's really fast. It is, yeah. It's... it's... It's fast paced down here, definitely. Mm, I think I've. I think I need to move. <laughs> Shall we move? <laughs> move yeah. to London. Yeah, we'll move. Hubby's in the corner and nodding. Come and live at the back of the salon. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, no, it's. it's to be quite honest, I, I mean, I love it down here, but I think if it wasn't for the salon and my clients, I don't think I'd be here. No? No. Where would you I'd be? I'd be in the middle of the farm somewhere. I'd be in the countryside in a farm. Yeah. That's what I'd do. I can see the appeal. Yeah. The appeal. I'd love that. I would literally live, love to live off-grid. Like, yeah? Completely, yeah. I, I don't think I'd go as far as having a little camper van because I need more space than that. Yeah. But I'd love to just live off-grid somewhere and just grow my own herbs and, um, yeah, just have grow loads of... everything. Yeah. yeah, grow everything. Have loads of dogs around me and cats and just animals. Yeah, because I don't know about you, but I, I really like the peace and quiet. Yeah, I love peace and quiet. I do. But then I love different types of people. Exactly. So it's difficult. Yeah. I go, so I've, I've got a house up in the Midlands in a place called Shrewsbury. And um, that's like in... Is that a posh bit? It's, yeah. Well, yeah, I think some people say it's posh. A little bit, I don't know. <laughs> but it's... Because this is coming from me, because I've always, all, all that I've ever known is like council estates. Yeah, no, it's it's not on a council estate. But, um, I mean, I used to live on a council estate in London. They're probably not much better than the ones in Edinburgh. Uh, yeah, I mean, the one that I live in, it's a bit, I'd say it's one of the better ones, it's very quiet. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I can just imagine living in The ones down here can be pretty rough. Can they? Yeah, it's, it's. I mean, I I raised a boy in South London and it's mm-hmm. not nice. It's not a nice place to raise children. Um, you know, it's, it's, um, it's pretty scary. My son had a curfew, like even at the age of 18, I had a curfew on him. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd literally phone him at 8.30 and be like, you need to get home get within off. the next half an hour. <laughs> because there's so much knife crime and stuff down here. Yeah. It's, it's really worrying for, you know, anyone raising children down here. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't think I'd want any more children because of the, just things are so much different now. To when I was a teenager. Yeah. It's so too. much different. Like the, the amount of stuff that happens out there now is just... And especially with things like social media. Mm. I mean, I never had that yeah. at school. And I can't imagine having that at school. No, I couldn't either. Definitely not. Because, I mean, we all know that bullying goes on <clears> in school, but then you're having it online. Mm. Yeah. And then everyone knowing that you're being bullied must exactly. make it worse. Yeah, it's just awful. It's, yeah, that's probably why the suicide rates are so high. Yeah. Amongst children. But yeah, I, I don't envy the kids these days growing up. But um, yeah, so like once, probably once a month, I escape to my little country house. I love that. <laughs> it's, not, it's nothing romantic. It doesn't look like... Is it quiet? It's, it's, it's I mean, it's, it's in a little cul-de-sac. It's just a little terrace house that I've got. But the area is nice and quiet. It's in then Shropshire. that's a dream to me. It's just nice, yeah. It's in Shropshire, which is lovely. And there's so much nature around there and there's like castles and st- I love stuff like that I just there's a little castle that's about four miles away from the house and I take my dog and we just go and chill out and no one it's in like the middle of fields and no one really goes there we just go and sit in the middle of this castle for like hours it's just crazy. see that sounds so divine <laughs> yeah, to me I would lovely. love that just to be outside yeah. quiet 
and just breathe. Exactly, just breathe fresh air and just like it's so nice. But yeah, that's that's what I do once a month, just to de-stress myself, take myself away from work. Yeah. And away from the mania, the voices, exactly. yeah. the noises. Exactly. Yeah. That's that's my little getaway. If I didn't have that, I don't know what I'd do. To be honest. And traveling, I like traveling. So. Where's your favorite yeah. places to go? My favorite place is probably Thailand. I love Thailand. Thailand. Yeah, I used to go to Thailand. Why Thailand? Um, I don't know. I just it's just so free spirited and it just feels like there's no rules there. I mean, there is obviously rules, but. You know, it's, it's, it's I mean, because, I mean, like London, I've only ever seen Thailand on the television. So mm. how does Thailand differ from what you see on telly to what it actually is? Um, I don't I don't think it differs much. It does look, it's very vibrant. Okay. Um, I mean, obviously, you've got the city and then you've got the beach areas. Um, I've So I've, I've been there twice, no, three times, two or three times. The first time I went was when I was a child. I lived in Hong Kong. My dad was in the army. Did you? Yes, we lived in Hong Kong for a couple of years. And Thailand was where we used to go on holiday. So, because it's not far from Hong Kong, obviously. Mm-hmm. So it was a bit like flying to Europe or wherever. Um, I'm not too sure if, the, the, if that's, you know, like the same sort of time frame. But, you know, I mean, it's, yeah, it's in the yeah. same continent. <laughs> um, so, yeah, when I was younger, it was just, it was amazing. I... Just like, you know, I, I, I just remember mad things like my dad being walked on by an elephant. And, as you do. Yeah, as you do. And like, <laughs> my dad taking me out on a jet ski and getting stuck in the middle of the ocean. And like my brother nearly being kidnapped, taken off by Thai people on the beach because they were obsessed with his blonde hair. And they were just sitting there like okay. chilling with them on the beach. It's just really weird <laughs> stuff that I remember as like, you know, like an eight year old would. But um, yeah, and then when I went back as an adult, it was it was different but it was still I still remembered quite a lot of it yeah. the busy city you know like Bangkok and then you've got obviously the beaches I remember when we went there I went with some friends and my friend's mum and um Christmas day we spent it like eating garlic prawns on a beach it was on a, yes. on a desert like a deserted island that you had to take a boat out to it was just great like with monkeys going around it was just it was just lovely I love things like that um I love really untouched places. I travelled to Albania a couple of years ago. Oh, no, wow. Was it last year or the year before? I think it might have been last... No, it was the year before last. Um, yeah, I went to Albania. Me and a friend just randomly were like, do you know what, let's find somewhere to go. And it was on. It was one of the places where it was... You know, I didn't need to quarantine or anything. So, yeah, we went to Albania. And that was actually an amazing place. Um, it's very untouched by tourists. We hired a car... And drove up and down Albania, which was amazing. We got to see like all the places that tourists wouldn't go. Went to some castles, did the beach bit. It was just great. So the, the weather was nice. Oh, the weather was amazing. It's but it's it's opposite Italy and next to Greece. Okay. So you've kind of got the nice Mediterranean feel about it. Mm-hmm. Food's very Mediterranean inspired, very Italian inspired. Oh, my favorite. Yeah, it's lovely. Albania is actually a really nice place. It's not one of those places people would think of going. No, that's it's, it's not been on, on any of my lists. Yeah, but. It's very pretty. It's a very pretty country. There's, there's loads of... I'd, I'd love to visit a lot more of Europe, I think. I, I you know that the world's opening up again, we'll be able to. Oh, well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, has there been anything over the last two... Well, no, it's three years now since the pandemic that... that's changed or that's shifted in your mind or your way of life? Um, it certainly has. For me. Yeah, there's a lot that's changed with me. Um, or, or, is it, or is it like being a major change in your business? 
Well, yeah, I mean, business has changed drastically. Um, being in London, um, we, I mean, a lot of people think salons in London are super busy, mm-hmm. but I don't think we are. I think there's a lot of, of salons in London that are not so busy. Um, I think because of the field that I'm in as well, the hair loss, hair loss yeah. we're kind of at a disadvantage because a lot of our products that we used to use have been discontinued or we can't really get hold of much anymore. The costs of hair as well have, have really risen over the years. So human, human hair. Yeah, human hair. Good quality human hair. Yeah, because there's some good quality human hair. There's exactly. some awful yeah, human hair. Yeah, there's some awful. So we, it's, made, it's made a big change in our business. Um, the way that we've had to source things, the way that we've had to make things. Like obviously with the, the knotting and the, the making of closures, like what you do, I've... It's not something that I enjoyed. It's it's something that I learned many years ago, um, but it's not something that I saw myself doing mm-hmm. because my job was to fit hair systems. So I didn't plan for my job to sit there to be to sit there for eight hours, not in. See, I, see I, I didn't plan to be a wig maker either. No, yeah. I, I was just making wigs because I had hair loss, which it's back. Yeah, again. but you you found that you've enjoyed it. Yeah, I absolutely yeah. love. But what with I do. me, I, I honestly don't enjoy it. I like fitting it on a client. Yeah, that's my part. I but love. But see, the, the thing is, I'm not that. <laughs> Dear, I see, I'm not that fond of people. Exactly. Yeah, so it's great. It's great for you, exactly. I mean, so I, I, mean I like people, but like my kind of people. We've, yeah, we've both kind of got that different... Yin and yang kind yeah, of Yeah, exactly. Which is great, because it works, it works perfectly. Us, yeah. yeah, it works. So, I mean, yeah, I, I do still make them, but it's it's not something that I, I... And it takes me a lot longer, because I've obviously got the salon to run, so I only really... Yeah, making lace pieces, lace yeah. hair pieces, it's, it it's a time constraint. Time, yeah. yeah. So I usually do it in the evenings, you know, when I've got a couple of hours. So sometimes when I'm you like, should be chilling. Yeah, yeah, I should be chilling, but I'm I'm there till like eleven, twelve at night sometimes making pieces. Um, or I'm sending them to you. But um, yeah. So that that's something that I was I didn't plan long term to actually happen. Um, but I kind of got forced into that situation, and got forced into. Um, well, got forced back into that sort of industry yeah. where I didn't really want to revisit, but you know, it's something that I've I've had to do because of COVID. So, um, yeah, it's kind of it's. I think it's mainly the um, the fact that people can't really afford the ongoing maintenance yeah. of hair pieces. Because it, I mean, it, I mean, I personally know what hair loss feels like, and then. It's the thought that someone can't afford their normality. Yeah, exactly. You which know? is awful. It's, yeah. I, I do completely agree when people say, you know, why do we have to pay for this? Yeah. And it's, you know, it is awful that they have to, but... I mean, there is, should be some kind of dispensations on the NHS, yeah. I feel. But all they get, basically, is if, if the salon is VAT registered, they get the VAT off of um, the actual hairpiece. If they've got an alopecia diagnosis, only it's only 20%. Um... And that's only if they've got a diagnosis. Only if they've got a diagnosis. An alopecia diagnosis, yeah. So again, or unless you've got a label, you can't yeah, get help. Yeah, unless you've got a label, you can't get help. Which leaves one group of people out of the picture. Yeah. The people that have got trichotillomania. Oh, does which it? Is, yes. So the people that have trich, which is the hair... The hair pull of compulsion, yeah. Yeah. So this is the area where HMRC really need to look into. Because with that compulsion disorder... Um, yeah, so with TTM, theoretically, 
um, when someone's repeatedly pulling their hair, they're, they're causing traction alopecia. Yeah. Because eventually it's going to stop growing and it's going to be classed as traction alopecia. So in reality, and I've, I've had discussions over the phone with HMRC about this, um. and we go round and round in circles because I've said to them, you know, if with that compulsion, they can't just stop it. Just stop it, Exactly. Yeah. And But the end result, if they don't get help, is they're going to cause permanent. Traction, yeah, permanent damage, which will be traction alopecia. So then it becomes an alopecia diagnosis. So that person needs to ideally, to be able to get the 20% off, mm-hmm. they need to actually have their GPs diagnose them with traction alopecia. And can GPs do that? Well, I mean, really, a dermatologist or a trichologist yeah. has to. Um, so it's either a dermatologist or a trichologist. Or a trichologist, but some GPs can. If, if, the, if someone's got a really good relationship with their GP, then sometimes a GP can actually um, diagnose that if they want to. Um, but yeah, that, that ideally, someone with, with trichotillomania, they need to have that traction alopecia diagnosis to be able to get the VAT relief. But when you talk and to... And that's all they get. Exactly, all that, that's all they get. That's all that hard work yeah, for just 20%. Exactly. Or maybe a crappy NHS wig, um, which is usually yeah. synthetic. That don't behave the same as human hair wigs. No, they don't. No. They don't last as well. I mean, is there anything about the like the hair replacement side like, that, you, that you think is like a, a myth or that people just don't get or that people aren't aware of? With the hair replacement, mm-hmm. I think the, I think the one thing I wouldn't say is a myth or anything, but um, well, actually no, because I mean, some people are under the impression that you can get hair replacements that look exactly and feel exactly like your own hair, which okay. is, is not true. Not completely I mean, true. It's not completely true. I mean, you can get hair that looks as realistic as possible, mm-hmm. but you know, I mean, unless you know the the exact location and like you're the same. It's not just that, it's even just, just the way the hair lies. Yeah. I mean, you know, I I notice when I'm, you know, cutting a hair system in, you can't cut it like you would cut hair that's grown out of someone's scalp. No. You have to got... cut it in a different way. And even then, when you're blow drying it, because it's not interlaced, it's not grown out of a scalp, so no. it's, it's going to I mean, we try our sit... best to emulate the scalp exactly. growth, but yeah. it doesn't always quite work like that. Exactly. And it's almost like the hair needs to what to do. Yeah. It needs to be shown what to do. Yeah. You need to break the bonds down and reset it and all of that. So it's it's definitely, um, you know, it's, I think that's one thing. So sometimes I get clients come to me and they bring me videos of something on Instagram that looks... Oh, yeah, because everything on Instagram oh, is real, yeah, isn't it? Oh, God. That <laughs> is, that's one of the things that actually drives me crazy because they're like, oh, well, this looks really real. And I'm like, yeah, because they not. photoshopped it, they put a bit of concealer down the parting they've put loads of makeup around the lace so it looks real yeah and you know they've probably blurred the parting out a little bit or done whatever to it and um they made you think that it looks great but in reality it's another problem not. with social media yeah exactly that is another problem but yeah so yeah that's 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 about the end of it so i've really patient. really enjoyed this chat i mean so before we go where can people find you um, you can find me on Instagram at the underscore hair underscore confidant <laughs> or www.thehairconfidant.co.uk. That's confidant with an E at the end. <laughs> with an E at the end. And of course, we'll put all of those in the show notes. Yeah. Emmy, thank you so much it's for this chat. It's been amazing. It's been amazing to meet you and it's been amazing to talk to you. As thank usual. you.
just like one of our video chats <laughs> absolutely and uh, dear listener if you've enjoyed listening to this podcast episode don't forget to leave a review and follow the pod and you can follow us on Instagram as well thanks for listening I'll see you at the same time same place next week bye bye